Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. You're listening to a sermon series entitled, Are the Gospels Reliable? Okay, so just finished a series with the Gospel of Mark and um, over the past few weeks I've been getting back and kind of asking my questions about it and we've been learning about how Jesus has been the unique son of God, how he reached out to outcasts and the poor um, how he healed the sick, ultimately how he died for our sins and then rose. But I suppose the thing that always gets me is uh, how accurate, how historically accurate is this? Did all this really happen? Um, and we were chatting about this before and we decided to come together with some questions. So, Mike, should we trust the Gospel of Mark? And why should we trust any of the Gospels, for that matter? Well, the short answer is we should trust them. And, and the reason why is because they're all based on eyewitness testimonies. Okay, so I know that Matthew wrote what we call the Gospel of Matthew, and John wrote what we call the Gospel of John, and they were both the twelve part of the twelve disciples of Jesus, so they were eyewitnesses. But Mark and Luke, they weren't within the twelve disciples, and they weren't eyewitnesses, so who were they? Well, Luke was... Uh was a travelling companion of Paul and, and actually Paul's doctor. And so he knew Paul and he knew the eyewitnesses personally. And so he's kind of like an investigating journalist who has interviewed all the eyewitnesses. And Mark? Well, Mark was a good friend of Peter. And Peter, of course, was one of the twelve disciples of Jesus. And in fact, he was one of Jesus' closest friends. So Peter was an eyewitness and Mark was a good friend of Peter, and so Mark wrote his gospel based on the eyewitness testimony of Peter. But how do we know that? Where does it say that? It doesn't say that in Mark's gospel, does it? Well, no, no, it doesn't say that anywhere. None of the gospels say, hi, I'm Mark, I'm writing. <laughs> uh, no, we need to remember that all the gospels actually come to us anonymously. But it's the uniform testimony of the early church. It was... Uh, completely uniform. In fact, it was so uniform, so agreed, that there is no record that there was ever a dispute about who wrote Mark's Gospel. And so, for example, one of the early church historians, Arrhenius, in 180, in the year 180, uh, states, Mark, the disciple and interpreter of Peter, did himself hand down to us in writing what had been preached by Peter. And even more significantly uh, is um, a guy by the name of Papias, who was writing in about A.D. 125. And he writes, the elder, and, and that's referring to the Apostle John, uh, one of Jesus' closest friends. He says, the elder said this also. Mark, who became Peter's interpreter, wrote accurately, though not in order, all that he remembered of the things said or done by the Lord. So here's the guy, Papias, who actually knows John the Apostle personally, and he quotes John the Apostle as saying that Mark uh, wrote his gospel based on Peter's eyewitness. Okay, but I've heard the gospels were written kind of 40, 50, or even 60 years after the events. How, how can the eyewitnesses still be trusted if they're testifying something that happened 40 years ago? Well, yeah, it, it, is a, it does seem to us to be a long time. But actually, the, the timeline is pretty impressive. So Jesus rose from the dead in about A.D. 33. 
And most scholars claim that Mark's gospel was written in the 70s. Matthew and Mark, uh, sorry, Matthew and Luke were written in the 80s and John in the 90s. However, many scholars today date Mark to about AD 64, just after Peter's death, and Luke to about AD 68, just before Paul died. That means that it's only about 30 years after the event. Well, that doesn't sound that great. It's still 30 years later. Yes, yes. Um, but that is still within living memory of the eyewitnesses. There would have still have been people alive who were eyewitnesses at that time. Even if it was 40 or 50 years later, it's still within living memory. And the original readers would have known some of the people within the story personally. Okay, but even so, after 30 years, that still seems like a long time. Surely there would have been some distortion of the eyewitnesses' testimonies, faulty memories, or even wishful thinking. Well, actually, no, uh, not at all. We, we live in a technological world. If something happens, you take out your phone, you take a picture or you film it, then you immediately upload it onto Facebook or YouTube and Twitter, and it goes viral. Within minutes, people all over the world know exactly what happened in Abergavenny. They've seen the video. Or if there's a war, people on both sides are uploading footage almost spontaneously, and there are reporters, journalists who are there on the scene broadcasting live via satellite. You're virtually watching the war live from the comfort of your home. But we're talking about an ancient culture. There are no computers or satellites or phones or cars or planes. If you want to send a message to another town, you had to wait until you found someone who was traveling to that town. And then you had to ask them to carry your message to the next town. And it would take as long as it took that person to walk to that town. And so news traveled slowly. If something happened in Jerusalem and you living in Rome, it might take a year before the news reaches you. And to get a piece of papyrus long enough to write a whole gospel on was expensive and hard to come by. So the gospels... So for the Gospels to be written within 30 years of the event, even 40 or 50 years, was like a news flash mm. within that ancient world. And we also need to remember that their oral tradition was an incredibly accurate way of keeping the record. So let me get this straight. You're saying that oral tradition kept Jesus' story pretty accurately and exact for 30 years before it was even put into writing. Yes. But isn't this a bit like Chinese whispers? Imagine if I passed a message on to Jody, and then Jody passed it on all the way around the church until it got to Dean, and then asked Dean what he'd said, and it would be completely different to what we'd started out with. No, no, not at all. Uh, prior to the technological age, we were living in a writing culture. Everyone is carrying a pen and paper, and if you need to remember something, you quickly take out your notebook and make a note to yourself. But in those days, very few people could even write. Books, scrolls of papyrus were very rare. They were living in what is known as an oral culture. And therefore, education or learning was done by word of mouth. Rabbis committed to memory the entire Old Testament. Hmm. Now that seems impossible to us, the entire yeah. Old Testament. But they lived in an oral culture where they placed a great emphasis on memorization and the accuracy of this. Also, studies within the ancient Middle Eastern culture 
have shown that there is a small degree of variation in how a story was retold, what was included, what was left out, what was paraphrased. However, they also discovered that there were always fixed points within the story that would never change and were always included. If you tried to alter these points or if you failed to include them, then the community would intervene and correct the storyteller. So to get back to your Chinese whispers analogy, a better analogy for first century Middle Eastern oral culture would be if you've explained the message to Jody and then Jody repeats the message back to you and asks, have I got it right? And then and only then would Jody pass the message on to Peter mm. and then Peter would repeat the message back to Jody and you and say, have I got it right? Mm. And only then would he continue to pass the message on. That's, that's how the, the ancient oral culture worked and therefore it was extremely accurate. So if this is the case, then how do you account for the difficulties or the kind of contradictions between the four Gospels? Well, we have to admit that there are discrepancies. There are not any major contradictions, but there are minor contradictions, variations and discrepancies between the four Gospels. But on all the main issues, they are in total agreement. They might not agree in the small detail, but on the main issues, they are in agreement. So, for example, they don't always put things in chronological order. And therefore, they, they, the four different Gospels have things in a different sequence, a different sequence of events. And they're selective. They only tell us part of the story that is most relevant to them. They don't tell us the whole story. And therefore, there's certain parts that some Gospels don't have. So, for example, uh, the, the, the story of Doubting Thomas is only found in John's Gospel. And there's also discrepancies within the detail. For example, in the resurrection accounts, Mark states that the woman came to the tomb at sunrise, while John states that it was at dark. Matthew and Mark state that there was one angel at the tomb, while Luke and John say that there were two angels. So was it dark, or was the sun rising? Was there one angel, or was there two? These are discrepancies. But they minor. All four Gospels agree on the main point. Early in the morning, whether it was still dark or the sun had just risen, is incidental. The woman found an empty tomb and an angel. Whether there was one or two angels, again, is incidental. And the angel said that Jesus had risen from the dead. So on the major issues, the Gospels are in total agreement. But just imagine for a moment, just imagine if there were no discrepancies. If the, the Gospels had been exactly the same on every single detail, what would you say then? Well, I'd probably say it was a, a fix, that they copied one another, yeah. it was too good to be true. Too, yeah, yeah, too good to be true. They'd, they had conspired to ensure that their stories were in line, to make sure their stories were exactly the same. The fact that we find minor discrepancies in the details between the four Gospels actually confirms that they are based upon four independent eyewitness testimonies of what actually happened. Okay, so we can be certain the Gospels are based on eyewitness testimonies and that they are reliable. But how can we be certain that the Gospel of Mark, I've got in my Bible today, is the same that Mark wrote you know, nearly 2,000 years ago? We don't have any original copies of the New Testament, do we? We just have copies of copies 
and these copies were written by hand. There's no photocopying, printing, press. Surely there are errors within all those handwritten copies of copies. Well, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're right. We don't have the originals, and all we have is copies of copies of copies. And like you said, there were no photocopy machines back hmm. then, so they were handwritten, and, and the potential for, for errors is high. And of yeah. course, uh, before the 1900s, this was a real issue. We had thousands of copies of the Gospel in Greek, but most of the copies were all written after the year 1000. Right. That is like 900 years after the originals were written. Yeah. But then, in the 1900s, many ancient manuscripts were discovered. The uh, two oldest complete manuscripts uh, were written in the year 134. That is only 250 years after the originals were written. And if you want to see these two... Uh, these two manuscripts, the one is in the British Museum, which you can go look at, and the other one is in the Vatican Library, which I'm sure they will never <laughs> let you ever look at. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's, quite, that's quite amazing. They're only 250 years after the originals. But more so, there were many fragments, pieces of papyrus that contained passages of the Gospels that were discovered, including one that was written in the year A.D. 130. That is only 40 years after the originals were written. Now, many people thought that with the discovery of these very ancient manuscripts, they were going to be able to prove that the Bible was full of errors. That those people who had been copying these manuscripts throughout all the generations had made so many errors in their copying. But the opposite was actually the case. Mm. These ancient copies showed how few differences there were. In fact, it proved that the ancient manuscripts had been copied meticulously and accurately. They are among the most trustworthy documents in history. In fact, they are the most reliable record of any ancient history that we have. Were there any errors? Well, yes. I mean, with all that copying, it was bound to have some errors, but they were minuscule. The biggest change is that most of the ancient manuscripts don't contain the final verses of Mark's Gospel. Mark chapter 16 and verses 9 to 20. This was clearly added later. And so, in modern translations, these verses are in italics or they're in square brackets. And there's a clear footnote that states that these verses are not in the earliest manuscripts. Mm. But this makes no real difference, because Mark chapter 16 and verses 9 to 20 is merely a summary of how the other three Gospels ended anyhow. Another example is that most ancient manuscripts don't contain Mark chapter 15 and verse 28. Now, Mark chapter 15 and reading from verse 27 to 28 states, They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right, one on his left. And then verse 28 states, And the scripture was fulfilled that said, He was counted among those who were rebels. Now the last sentence, verse 28, was clearly added later and was not part of the original. Therefore, modern translations have excluded verse 28. And they've added a footnote that clearly states that verse 28 is not in the earliest manuscripts. 
Again, this doesn't make any substantial difference to the meaning of the passage. Mm. All the differences, all the variations between the later and the earlier manuscripts are clearly stated within the footnotes of any modern translation. So, if you read all the footnotes, you'll discover that there are very few errors and that they make no real difference to the meaning of the passage. Oh, okay. So far, so good. But how do the Gospels compare with other ancient histories or other ancient documents which scholars, which we would accept as reliable? The Gospels are more accurate, more reliable than any other ancient historical document in the world. The way we determine whether a document is historically accurate is to look at, one, the number of copies you have. Okay. Because the more copies you have, the more you can cross-check to see if there are any errors. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the age of the copies. The older the copy, the smaller the gap between the original writing and the, the earliest copy you have, the more likely that that copy is going to be reliable. Okay, so first, let's have a look at the the number of copies. You have Homer's Iliad, and we have 650 copies. Right. You have Caesar's Gaelic War, 10 copies. Hmm. Tacitus' History, 2 copies. The Four Gospels, more than 5,000 copies. Okay. I mean, the runner-up is Homer's Iliad with 650. But that's nowhere near 5,000 copies. Mm. Secondly, let's look at the gap. uh, The gap in years between the the time the originals were written and the earliest copy we have. For Homer, it's 950 years. For Caesar's Gaelic War, 900 years. Tacitus' history... 700 years. For the Gospels, only 250 years. And if we include the fragments, Mm. only 40 years after the originals were written. I mean, that's mind-blowing. Okay, so you said your piece. Mm. So, final statement. What's the bottom line? The bottom line is, we can be more certain about what Jesus said and did than we can be about any other ancient historical person or event, and by a long way. Okay, thanks. Thank you.